Hello and welcome to the AV Forums Movies Podcast for Monday the 17th of April. God, I went back in time there tonight. <laughs> I'm Kaz Harlow and I'm joined by Simon Crust. You'll believe a man can fly. <laughs> Tom Davis. It's the 3rd of April. <laughs> and Mark Costello. Hello. <laughs> it's not the 3rd of April. <laughs> I'm, I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> yeah, I am Ron Ron Burgundy. This week, we're going to talk about how uh, Nicolas Cage might just be the best thing at the cinemas at the moment. Ah. Renfield going up against the likes of Super Mario Bros. The movie, which uh, we'll talk about later, and Assassin Club. Assassin Club. What a great Assassin. Assassin Club. That just sounds great. Don't we all want to go out and watch Assassin? Anyway, and Mummies. Discuss the best and worst Superman sequel. Obviously, the best is Quest for Peace. Um, and investigate some good Gerald Butler. In, in fact, there's been a lot of good, goodish Gerald Butler recently. But anyway, some good Gerald Butler on 4K in the form of plane. Second Sight's latest lavish box set. I mean, they're always lavish. This one's expensive, though, but they are always lavish. Picnic at Hanging Rock 4K. Arrow's latest, Cronenberg's Naked Lunch in 4K, and oh. Arrow's upcoming release of, I mean, I say highly anticipated. I was being very sarcastic, but I'm guessing a lot of readers probably thought I was being serious. Highly anticipated. No, we really Michael didn't. Man release. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys got it, <laughs> which is Black Hats. I mean, it's the Michael Mann film everyone has been asking for after five other Michael Mann films that we prefer in advance, which we haven't got. Um, catch up on Mando, Picard, 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 Picard. Some of the, it was going good, so well. Yeah, other good TV out save, there. Save it, say, <laughs> save it. We'll catch up on that later. We have got a proper Borg battle on our hands. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen them in twenty years. Um, <laughs> other TV like the last thing he told me, uh, the night agent slasher and shrinking and we're not going to talk about true lies we might talk about true lies but it won't be the the tv show because that's just not good anyway mm. competitions mark uh yes uh current compos uh you can win a bunch of blu-ray titles from my recently updated april top 10 like the french dispatch project wolf hunting and both criterion releases wanda and mystery train plus a whole host of 4k titles such as babylon city lost children uh second sight martin arrows naked lunch and the four movie star trek next generation box set so head over to avforums.com forward slash competitions to enter all competitions are open to eligible AV Forums members resident in the UK, as ever. Nice. Uh, previous winners, Supporter Nathan won Living on Blu-ray, Star Supporter Count Jedi won Women of Twilight on Blu-ray, and Star Supporter Simon Holden won The Virgin Suicides on 4K. Well done. Hurrah. That was a really, really quiet clap. Just saying. <laughs> where, where, where's Atmos when you need it? <laughs> <laughs> Right. We, we've had a bunch of uh, pretty bang average movies to go through in the cinema in the last couple of weeks. But shockingly, uh, I feel like we we skipped this one, um, John Wick. So I'm just going to really qu quickly say it. it's really long and really good. So oh, right. that's, that's well worth waiting for. <laughs> we <laughs> really did miss night. you last time. <laughs> I had a cracking oh. time watching John Wick at the cinema. I do get that they're uh, 
that people have problems with the series and people who've had problems with the third movie are going to find the problems are kind of doubled down in the fourth movie. I probably had some problems with the third movie out of all of them. More I, stupid I, dogs, Kaz? I thought that the... I love the dogs. I thought that the first movie was, you know, far better than it should have ever been. It should have been like straight-to-video Liam Neeson-style flick with just with Reeves in it. But I thought it was tremendous. It was tight and it was... Um, is for a low budget they did it really well and they did some good world building and i enjoyed them doubling down in the second movie but when they doubled down on the double down and third movie the lore and the rest of it was quite a lot and it and it did get a bit silly um i still got a kick out of it and i think the fourth movie brought you know some closure and and i was expecting the -the over-the-top set pieces donnie n's great um he's absolutely seen stealing and there are some ludicrous moments. I mean, Yen is playing a another blind, sword-wielding assassin guy. The only are we sure he's is... not actually blind in all those roles he's just pretending to see? I mean, he isn't actually blind in this. I mean, come on. It, 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 the, the fight scenes are just impossible. They're, they're like worse than Rutger Hauer blind fury levels of preposterousness but <laughs> those the, two words those don't belong in the same sentence worst and blind fury come on yeah guys. and it's pr- absolutely ludicrous but it's so entertaining i mean just the way he handles being blind and fighting people and the script the way the script tries to make some kind of vague sense of it it's it's just it's it's comedy and so when it's that level of entertainment I, I got all the passes in the world and john wick gets some nunchucks i got a lot of time for that um i i enjoyed it enjoyed the hell out of it in fact i was in in uh, paris shortly afterwards and I, I did did a scout of all of the nice locations from it and those steps the steps that are fundamental to john wick and also probably strangely like something out of a laurel and hardy movie when you watch it um are a lot to climb so climbing them and fighting hundreds of goons is uh, is is an achievement reefs well done I, i've got all the time in the world for this so i enjoyed it um did you enjoy it Cass? everything else i've seen recently at the cinema has been pony okay <laughs> mummies i saw the trailer for mummies uh when i took the kids to see uh, Puss in Boots last week, which was cracking. And we saw the trailer for Mummies and my daughter's big into Egyptian stuff. And she was like, i got to see this. And I, I had a bad feeling. But there's some ideas, the concept of these mummies who have to integrate into the modern world isn't isn't such a bad concept for, you know, a kid's animation. But the way they, the way they have it happen in the movie is horrifically bad. But did it's your kids enjoy it, Kaz? Mystical, mystical. The did kids, your kids enjoy it? The kids just about enjoyed well, it. That's all and that matters. You, did you, actually... I'm sorry, but you don't get to criticise it if the kids enjoyed it. No, I do. <laughs> sorry. It could, it, could be, it could be more than just flashy, flashy lights. I mean, the kids... doesn't doesn't need to be, Kaz. It's for kids. Doesn't doesn't need to be. The kids will be gripped to a screensaver because it's the TV on. You will... You you can pause the TV and say, listen, I need to talk to you about something. And their eyes will be looking at the shifting images 
on the screen that they know by heart because they've seen those shifting images thousands of times and they'll still be gripped to it like it's freaking Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay. And um, so, no, I don't give mummies a pass for being barely tolerable for my children at all. Um, Assassin Club. Now, Assassin Club was an interesting trip for me. Did you kids like that one? Yeah. <laughs> Should have done. Should have done. Saw that one coming a mile away. <laughs> I got so much grief. I got so much grief because all I could talk about was John Wick. And so my son's asking me about it. He's, six, he's seven years old. He wants to. So I was talking to him about John Wick. Obviously, a couple of days later, he's talking to my wife about John Wick. She's not impressed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he doesn't need to know about John Wick. I, I didn't go into any detail, just that he's he's pretty nifty at taking out large amounts of people with all kinds of weaponry. But um, yeah, it didn't. So Iron Man. Assassin Club was new for me because it was my first trip to the um, screenings house in uh, Soho. Uh, How the other half get to swan around, eh? Uh, it was, you know... No never... more links on your laptop for Mr. Arlo. I'll take a link for this. <laughs> I'll take a link for this. I had to sit in that room and tolerate it, whereas I would have taken 17 breaks and probably done at least three other things at the same time if I'd have watched it at home on a screening link. Look, the thing about Assassin Club is that people are going to watch it on streaming. When it comes to streaming, you're going to get a kick out of it because it's taken two without Liam Neeson. It's frenetically edited. It's horrifically scored. And the, the story is just brain-meltingly bad. It's all the cliches you could possibly imagine just thrown at you at such a speed that they hope you don't notice, but you'd have to be dead not to. Um, Henry Golding, mm. I think, is a charisma vacuum in it. I don't know whether he's a charisma vacuum full stop, but I'm prepared to say he might not be. He just is in this. Uh, Numi Rapaz is hilarious in it. Um, Sorry. I wanted to get in on the, on, the, on the act. It's a bad, it's a bad, bad film. And it, it is almost so bad it's good. I reckon people will watch it with a lot of beer at home and go, yeah, that was very, very funny. Not supposed to be, but was. It's, <laughs> so, it's got... A, it's it, you know he he gets almost immediately he gets shot and like goes home to his girlfriend who thinks he's a photojournalist and he's got he's got a whopping great like bullet hole with a plaster on it he's had a shower and he's stuck a plaster on so oh yeah he's okay but anyway he's like they're they're getting down to it like which is okay straight after bullet wounds I think it's even advised and <laughs> so she takes his top off. And she's like, what the hell is this? And he's like, yeah, you know, I came off my bike and got shot midair. <laughs> oh, you know, it's like, it's, and she's like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. That happens, happens a lot to you, doesn't it? You come off your bike and get shot, don't you? It, it's, it's a really... It's, 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 it's not uh, True Lies, the TV show. <laughs> no, I actually oh. True Lies the TV show is a notch above this. Oh my word! Imagine how bad. <laughs> oh my word! Right, True Lies, right. True Lies <laughs> TV show is like just blandly, monotonously generic, but it's not bad. It's maybe bad in the sense that they've taken True Lies and they've made it and they've ruined it. In, yeah, <laughs> burger without the meat. Or, or but, all right, so so. The film was toss, but you went to a proper professional 
screening room. How was it? He sat on Jonathan Ross's lap. Oh, did, did you ruffle Commode's quiff? No, it's very odd though. There's a bunch of like professional reviewers in there, and they're all very old. Did the imposter syndrome? One lady in? in there who, bless her, I don't know whether she's going to make it to the end. <laughs> it's just, and I just thought I was looking at her and thinking. I just can't imagine that this film is for you. <laughs> She's a not... pro, though, Kaz. She's a pro. She probably was a pro. She probably she, came out of it and gave it, it an eight. Objective. Have you read a review? Rip Roaring <laughs> Entertainment, nine yeah. out of ten. Yeah, I think good for the she, kids. Sheila think... from KnittingMonthly.com. I think one of the people in it read what the film was called and went to sleep in the corner. He's <laughs> next to me. I'm back row kid here. He's next to me in the far corner, leaning against the wall. Living the dream. He was asleep. There's no trailers, so he had to get to sleep before the film started. <laughs> it was, oh, how the other half live. It was impressive. It was nice going there. I wouldn't mind doing it for a, be a better film. One of the guys in there was like, "Great, I just got out of Renfield a minute ago, and that was great. And I said... Oh, is there any chance this will be worth watching? And he went, nope. <laughs> <laughs> and he was the film's director. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, uh, Tom Tom did much better. He saw mm. Super Mario Bros. movie, the movie. I like that you're calling it Super Mario Bros. Like that yeah. Mario and Luigi are played by like Matt and Luke Goss. <laughs> we'll watch. We'll watch. One, two, one. Yeah. Me, two, one. Yes, yes. <laughs> Okay, I mean everyone's on board for that. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean it was it was um a fine a fine time. It's um it's very colourful, it's very frenetic, it's very faithful to the spirit of Super Mario as I don't want to overuse the word franchise, but I think with Super Mario, you've, it, it's easily at that point now after decades and decades of being in, in the popular consciousness. And it it is a... There's no way around it. it, it it's, a, it's a product. And it is a very well-made product. Very professional and slick and uh you know no no money back requested it, it is exactly what um i imagine the studio wanted them to deliver because nine, it, nine out of ten then yeah nine out of ten nine out of ten straight to the bottom. there's a lot of stuff in it that is massively enjoyable hugely enjoyable um and essentially the plot boils down to the plot of Super Mario Brothers, the NES game, it it, it, it has advanced not a jot. There's a plot. There's a plot to that game. Well, <laughs> white. You know, like Mario goes to a castle to defeat Bowser to save Peach. That that. Yeah, I think that literally happens in the movie, and that's what everything is sort of aiming towards. But in order to get to that position, what happens is they do some jumping about they collect some power-ups from question blocks they do a smash brothers fight with donkey kong they do some mario kart they um reference as many super mario games 
as there have been, I suppose. Oh, Mark uh, would is, love this. It's I ticking thought. all the boxes. It's ticking all the nostalgia. <laughs> nostalgia! <laughs> and none of it is bad. Not a single minute of it is like, oh, God, I can't wait for this to end. Do no, I it's, card, then? No, let's <laughs> not go there. Ooh, sorry, I did a naughty. Um, Continue, Tom. Thank you very much, Mark. Um, <laughs> so, I would, I guess, fall on the side of recommending it because while you're in it and watching it, it is so well put together that it all kind of works. Like the the recreation of a Mario level that happens fairly early on is as good as you could make it for a film. Um, and the the fight between Mario and Donkey Kong that's like a round of Smash Brothers is as enjoyable as an, ex- an experience as you can make it for a film. Um, and I, I think what's missing from it is any attempt to elevate it above that. Um, and I think a lot, I, I more or less wrote that in my review, and I think a lot of people took that as just blanket criticism. And it it is not blanket criticism of the film. I think they have done an astounding job in putting together the most marketable Mario big screen adventure. But it is wafer thin. There is nothing to it. and it is, Wafer thin. It is wafer thin. And, and it is immediately immediately forgettable a lot a lot of it i mean that some of the sequences will stick in your mind like i imagine <laughs> you can't remember them <laughs> yeah <laughs> you really gotta think on that yeah the 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 key uh sequence in it is the the recreation of mario kart on the rainbow road which is no spoiler because it's in the trailer um and it is as a concept good and the execution of it is good but it lasts for a few minutes, and I can't really tell you what happens in those few minutes other than it's Mario Kart on the Rainbow Road. And in that way, it feels like playing the game. I'm not saying it's a recreation of the feeling of playing a game, but the effect of it is, is you know, you finish a round of Mario Kart and you're already thinking about the next round of Mario Kart. And it's kind of like that all the way through the movie. It, it moves from reference to reference to reference and all of those individual parts are very competently put together but it just doesn't really make a whole um so it's fun but very uh disposable fun um so go catch it at the cinema and go and watch it <laughs> and you will probably have a good time but no, I... go see nicholas cage and renfield again instead do that. Take the uh, kids. They'll love it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, these are films for very different people. <laughs> really? really? Yeah. So I also saw Renfield uh, at the end of last week, which is what everyone has been waiting for, which is Nick Cage as Dracula, which everybody has been waiting for since uh, he thought he was a vampire 25 years ago. Um, and it it's very, very satisfying to see Nicolas Cage being Dracula. And 
the film could coast by on that, um, and it doesn't. And in some ways it should, and in some ways it's kind of admirable admirable that that it doesn't do that. Um, The film is about uh, Dracula's familiar uh, Robert Montague Renfield, who is a a character from the novel, uh, probably most memorably played by Ron Perlman, eating bugs in an insane asylum. Um, But this is Renfield as given long life and superpowers through the grace of being Dracula's familiar. So it's set in the modern day. He is 90 years old, but still looks 25. Or however old Nicholas Holt looks. How old does Nicholas Holt look? 15. 17. There we go. 31. Thank you very much. Um, (laughs) The plot revolves around him and him trying to find a way out of this uh, abusive relationship with Dracula. And it's it's framed as um, a domestic abuse scenario. And what's really, again, admirable about it is that it doesn't play that element of it for laughs. It plays that element of it quite seriously. Um, and that's one of the best things about it it's a really silly film it's extremely violent it's like explosively gory all the way through but there's this little thread of actually considering um their portrayal of what an abusive relationship is like and it's oddly touching and it shouldn't work but it really does work it's the most affecting part of the movie and um i was really impressed by that because i was enjoying it for what it was which is uh things like nicholas holt pulling the arms off one police officer and throwing them at another police officer so hard that it punctures his body armor and goes through his chest score it's that kind of cartoonish stupidity that is just a joy if only um, they put that on the Mario Kart bit in Super Mario Bros. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have remembered that, wouldn't you? The, yeah, absolutely. Can you imagine? Um, Sounds ace. It is really, really fun. Um, but bolted onto the side of that is like a a cop movie about busting a drugs gang, which does not work. <laughs> it is... It is <laughs> just so miscalculated. <laughs> Um, Aquafina is in it and she's great and Ben Schwartz is in it and he's great but that part of the movie that they're holding together is just a bad idea and it doesn't hold it together and it doesn't work and it's really unfortunate because about 75% of this movie is pure silliness and it's like um, I'm trying to remember. It, it's like the elements of The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, also starring Nick Cage, which didn't work, which are the Tiffany Haddish yeah, yeah. police bits yeah, yeah, that are bolted yeah. onto the side, which yeah. actually, you don't want to see that. You just want to see the bits with Pedro Pascal and Nicolas Cage. Those yeah. are the good bits. And this is just like the plot that the movie seems to think has to happen. Yeah, and it's exactly it. the same mm. in Renfield. You almost, um, you almost wish they just would trust in 
not needing it. The characters, yeah. they should just yeah. trust with the characters. Yeah, they should, but they don't anymore. It's not masterful. Yeah. They have to give it some kind of weird ass hook. Yeah, yeah, or even it, worse, a very true. plain ass hook. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd have just taken more of Nicolas Cage's face-off yeah. flashback sequence in. Yeah. <laughs> Two hour locked off camera, Nick Cage, Dracula go. Don't take my money. That would work. That would work for me. There's um the first couple of minutes, they literally reshoot the moment where Bella Lugosi walks down the stairs with the candelabra yeah. with Nick Cage, and it is pitch perfect. It nice. is so good. And he he hits it spot on. And at the start of the film, I was like, this is great, but I hope it's not all just this. And it isn't, and that's great. Um, so I, I I do recommend it, but go in with expectations in check so that when all of this drugs gang nonsense, giving Dracula powers to a, a, a criminal gang, like bullshit, just wait for that to pass because it will pass over and it will get back to the stupid violence again. <laughs> ah, so what you're saying is something it had just the right amount of the nostalgia this, this had. Just yeah. the right amount. Not exactly. Too much. It had Not it for like too much. two minutes and then ejected it. Uh, Perfect. Right, okay. <clears throat> like a warp core, you could potentially say. <laughs> oh, you're so itching. We're never going to get there. We're going to run out of time before we talk about Picard. No, no, I don't no, even... No, I don't impact here. <laughs> never going to happen. I don't, I don't know what he's on about. Like, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. True Kirk, that. True Kirk, that. Be quiet in the back. <laughs> Um, yes, okay. Well, I, I think it's fair to say that go and see Renfield, yes, is, is the answer to this. Sure, you, you're not seven, but you know, yeah, go and see Renfield. Um, 4K, 4K, okay. to 4K or not to 4K, four candles, yes. Everyone seems to have gone out and watched Naked Lunch, but me. Um, mm. so tell us about Naked Lunch, Simon. Naked Lunch. Naked Lunch is a weird arsed film. <laughs> Stephen Cronenberg, what are you going to do? Well, yeah, but a lot of his stuff has got a kind of a narrative running through it. I mean, this, based on the on the book by Burroughs, is completely bonkers and off the wall. Um, it does have a, a, a very, I don't know if you can call it a plot, it's got a, sort of a, a, a single thread weaving it through of the, the guy by discovering his wife um, taking his bug spray as a narcotic and uh, the ramifications of that lead him down a weird and wonderful path that is uh, at once difficult to follow and at once unbelievably frustrating to follow. Um, it's uh, it's a very difficult film to enjoy, um, but then equally you've watched it and you go, what have I just seen? I might have to watch that again because he's just bonkers <laughs> it really is it really is um they've done very very well on that i mean it's, it's an arrow release when did it come out yesterday today yesterday today 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 17th today. yes it came out yeah. today so the um the i reviewed the disc oh, I don't know, three three or four weeks ago um mm. it's been on early access for a long time but only went live last week i think um yeah, it's it's a it's a spectacular looking disc from Arrow. Um, very very nicely, uh, very very nicely done. Um, fully restored, um, beautiful detail on it. Absolutely gorgeous looking. Um, the Dolby Vision on it is fantastic. Really giving some rich vibrancy to the colours. It looks magnificent. 
can't fault it for that. Um, it's got two uh, two soundtracks, a, uh, a 2.0. Uh, they're both DTS HDMA. One is 2.0, one is 5.1. They're both very, very good. Um, I actually preferred the 5.1. Um, I thought it was an incredibly good surround track, um, really opening up the... Uh, the expand when you when you're walking through the various weird and wonderful places that you visit, particularly the um, the markets in uh, I was going to say Marrakesh. It's more Morocco, isn't it? That kind of area. Um, the uh, interzone, interzone. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, wherever he's supposed to be. But um, it's, it's fantastically done. A really rich, like the visuals, really rich and vibrant surround experience. Um, and Arrow once again of piled on the extras um and they're all on the uh on the 4k disc as well uh, it's come out as a very lavish box set with all bells and whistles which i didn't get um um yeah it's it's um it's a difficult very very difficult film to recommend so yeah this is worth getting because um the film is so um enigmatic and so difficult to really kind of get your head around um i think you kind of have to know it to say yeah that's a great film we're going to get that um, because if you say to someone, hey, this is great, watch this, it's going to blow your mind, and you put it on, and you can sit there, and you can fall one way and go, this is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. It makes no sense. What is he doing? Why is he doing that? Why did that happen? Hang on a minute. <laughs> yeah. But if you like it, and you can get into it, it's got something, Got something. it's got that David Cronenberg little X factor that you can put into a film, you know? Yeah. Maybe bugs, bugs crawling, bugs, bugs crawling. Yeah, but they're not, they're not little, they're, they're man sized bugs. Yeah, man sized bugs, man sized yes. bugs. And yeah. he wants, and, and they all ask him to put the uh, <laughs> to put the narcotic in various parts of their body. You know, it's just it's, only Cronenberg. Yeah, it's a strange, strange show. <laughs> oh, nice. It, yes. it, it, it reminded so I watched it this morning, and mm. do you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of what Lynch sometimes does. <laughs> where you're watching it and what you're actually watching makes no sense whatsoever, but there is enough there to make you want to understand what is going on. Mm -hmm. You watch some of the extra features on the, the naked lunch disc and you realize that the film only is taking vague bits out of the book and yes, taking right. a huge amount from, I think the biggest inspiration was the autobiography. of That's William right. Burroughs. His own life story. There's a yeah. huge amount of Burroughs in it. The minute you know that, and suddenly you start seeing the story about a writer who's on these strange drugs and his his key his typewriter is becoming alive and that typewriter's not working, he gets another bug, and suddenly it becomes more about Burroughs as a man, his relationship with narcotics, his relationship with writing. And it's that just that little hook which makes you think, okay, I think I kind of get what that giant bug thing <laughs> suckling on that other bug thing's teeth is about but i might be very wrong so uh so yeah i i totally agree Sai. it is it uh, unless you are willing to put the you know the graft in to yeah to you need to put the graft into it yeah what, what is behind it all it's just gonna really annoy the crap out of you mm. Mm, this is why Simon has put fear and loathing on the back burner, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, yeah. it's 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 far more obtuse than fear. Fear and loathing's like a well, it's like a Super Mario Brothers compared to this. <laughs> <laughs> Except not for kids, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. Well, that's out now, and soon we have Second Sight's Picnic at Hanging Rock, don't we, Mark? Uh, yes, we do. 
the immeasurable, immortal, enigmatic picnic at Hanging Rock. Uh, Peter Weir's 1975 masterpiece. It is a masterpiece. Uh, it's a very, very strange film, though. Not quite as on a level as Cronenberg's Naked Lunch, <laughs> but it is a mystery with no resolution. And how you feel about that is purely what you're going to take away from this film. Uh, for those of you that don't know, it's 1900. It's a girls' boarding school in the outback in Australia. On Valentine's Day, they go for a picnic to this infamous geological outcropping, the titular Hanging Rock. And while they are there, three of the girls and their governess disappears. And the film is the fallout from that. Possibly the book and the story behind the film is almost as interesting as the film itself. It's written as if it these events were real. The author strongly, she, she all but came out and said it was true. She didn't deny that it wasn't. And so for years, many people thought that these were historical events. Nothing of the sort. All just completely made up. But the film is all about mood it is all about atmosphere it is all about the impact on everyone else of these girls going missing but it is more about the location the landscape the time it is australia at that time it was the year before australia was formally recognized as a single state all these things go into it and it is more about humans need to understand and therefore be master of their own environment and destiny and what happens when that ownership simply isn't there it is very slow it is very languid for some it will frustrate and annoy for others it will be the masterpiece that many people say it is uh i'm erring towards the masterpiece uh so I'm, I'm not 100 percent sold on the 10 out of 10 of it yet there's there's a few i, I mean I, I can't help it i i am exactly what the film is poking fun at and critiquing i want to know i need to know god damn it what happened to them uh and but but there's no denying sort of the power of the film it, it is it's shot spectacularly. It won a BAFTA back in 1977 for its cinematography. It's it's dripping in this dreamlike sense of another world, another time. And it is a probably a one-of-a-kind kind of film. Uh, so Second Sight, yes, they're on a roll. They've smashed it out of the park recently with their 4K uh, box sets of Martin and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And now we have this. It's a tale of two halves, I think, in the box set for me. Uh, so first things first, it's got a brand new 4K restoration on, uh, which is causing some uh, kerfuffle, shall we say, over in that there Tinternet land. Uh, it's a Peter Weir approved master that has been sent to Second Sight. But let's just say Peter Weir has enhanced some of those woozy visuals with a, a dose of DNR. Uh, and it's uh, caused some scenes to go a little bit woozy, a little bit way, a little bit, mm, a little bit smeary. Uh, now, apparently that's Peter Weir approved, all, all baked into the mask that was sent to Second Sight. The rest of the 4K restoration, though, looks absolutely superb. Uh, it's got rid of that sort of really thin, weedy contrast ratio that the Criterion release had. And now you've got some proper 
dark blacks. You've got some proper bright highlights. The rest of the picture looks great. It's this use of DNR, which is just a little bit. It's, it, I mean, we're not talking Terminator Two levels here, not by a long shot. But it's it's just one of those where you think, why? why? It's not blanket. Yeah. It's not over everything. Why there and not there? Why there and not there? Uh, however, second sight have pushed the boat out in terms of the rest of the package. You've got the two cuts for starters. So I believe you've not been able to get both cuts available in the same package for, well, ever, certainly in HD. So you've got the director's cut and you've got the theatrical cut. The director's cut is 15 minutes-ish shorter than the director's cut and is uh, than the theatrical cut and is, is actually better. It tightens things up. Each cut gets its own UHD disc. There is a raft of extras. There is a two-hour-long making of. There's a brand-new audio commentary. There's brand-new interviews. There's legacy interviews. There's the a copy of the novel thrown into the box. It's all. It looks absolutely superb. However, and here is the rub, it comes at a cost. Now, 70 look, at, look at Martin but, and you look at Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Those were big boxes that were coming out at 50 quid. This box is 70 quid. And for me, there's no justification. There's no justification for that extra 20 quid. Martin had a soundtrack CD. This has got a novel. Texas Chainsaw Massacre had this massive 190-page book. This has got a book in it, which we haven't seen, but it's nowhere near that. So, you know, there's a real sense of why is this 20, this limited edition 20 quid more? I, I can't justify it. And if I hadn't already got the check discs, thanks, Second Sight, I, this is one where I would not be stumping up for the limited edition. I just can't see the value in it. Even the standard edition is fairly high. It's $29.99, which I think is still five quid more than what the standard editions of Texas Chainsaw and Martin were. So this one has got a real price bump, which feels a bit out of whack. But overall, it's another, it's another handsome, lavish 4K restoration of a classic film slight issues with its picture quality but overall I, I can't i think second sight are absolutely smashing it out of the park so far and i've got my fingers crossed for the hitcher at the end of this year Ooh, please Ooh. second sight let's have some of this so yeah i've been talking about that for so long oh, one day just imagine when it's released if they drop yeah. drop a bollock on it oh god <laughs> the, in, the internet will just melt yeah but yeah I'll... it's solid solid set and that's coming out early first of may May. first First of may May. well we've got another may release end of may i think arrows 4k release of i mean it's the most highly anticipated michael mann film (laughs) second only to his best public enemies maybe which is black hat ass hat yeah i mean look 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 look. yeah that just sums it up (laughs) (laughs) i've got time for it i can watch it but there are so many michael mann films that i would 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 rate as being examples of why he's regarded as a as a very good director so many michael mann films you'd want to see in 4k because like heat yeah i'd like like to see that (laughs) i'd like to see that in 4k yeah i would with last time last time was a little little dark but um (laughs) Uh, yeah, give me Manhunter. Give me all four cuts of Manhunter. Maybe more mm. than four cuts. Give me my Miami Vice, which they are doing. They're actually mm. doing that. I'll take Miami Vice. Um, mm. I would, I would 
like uh, Last of Mohicans. Mohicans. I would even yeah. like Arlie. Again, two or three cuts of that, probably. I would like all of these. The Insider. I'd like The Insider, I yes. That. I would like them to go through Michael Mann's film history and give me all of the films apart from this and Public Enemies. <laughs> and once they've done all of those, I will go, thank you for giving me all the Michael Mann films. And if they released a box set with all of them and Black Hat and Public Enemies in it, I would smile at those who haven't picked up the individual releases and still not get it. Um, <laughs> all right, I, I haven't seen this. Is it really that bad? It's not bad. Is it just, is no, it just not on a par bad. with? Right. It's not bad. It's just not on a par. It's no, not okay. bad at all. It's a perfectly I, watchable film. I remember finding it quite boring when I watched it. it. It's because Michael Mann is gone. I'm going to take 10 years and I'm going to really research like the digital realm. I'm going to do this bleeding edge thriller that is basically Michael Mann's Swordfish. And Swordfish, even with Michael Mann behind the camera, was never going to be good. It almost did better for being bad. So bad it was good. But like Michael Mann can't turn Swordfish into a good film. And like, the opening of Black Hat is tracing a hacker's command through the electronic pulse and wires. I mean, through the computer and then through lines and then into a server somewhere. <laughs> I'm really not sure that's how it works. But and then by the end of it, he's hacked to Gibson. <laughs> it's just, it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't, you watch it and you go, this is dated, this is dated. Oh, look, it's Thor. And Thor is his um, maximum security, imprisoned, hardcore. He does, he does push-ups with uh, vertical push-ups, uh, hacker. Ultra, ultra hacker who they desperately need to get out of prison so he can save the world from, from worse hackers. And Chris Hemsworth, bless him, he's just not convincing. And he's this not, was, no, he, this he's was, no Hugh Jackman. <laughs> so this was way before <laughs> anyone was giving Hemsworth any credit for having a little bit of range, which he does have a little bit yeah, of range. Yeah. But but he has uh, range, but, I think, towards comedy more than towards yeah. playing. Do you know what? This. I'm I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and say I disagree with that. I think he's got yeah. actual range because it, he um he's very good at the goofy surfer guy, um, and he very clearly enjoys being that in Thor. But I thought he was real convincing in um Someone help me out here. Ghostbusters. No, his action movie. Extraction. Extraction. Thank, thank Extraction. you. Thank yes. you. And and like, could totally That's convinced. what you're giving him for his acting. No, <laughs> I mean, he did. He I did mean, a decent job in that. Like, genuinely, he he was yeah, he, he was convincing. He was yeah. But I don't have a problem with his action chops. Yeah. But this isn't. This is where they're trying to get him to play a seasoned ex-con master convict super hacker it's too much yeah it's I, not, I, I it's do not agree fair. with you in fact i would say some of his range was actually in the marvel movies he's had moments where he's lost people who he his character should care about where i fully buy into him in amongst all the joking and all the rest of it i fully buy into him seeing seeing the pain on his face seeing the the trauma he's going to, I fully buy into it. I think he's he has got, his favorite Thor movie is The Dark World. <sighs> I buy into that moment. I, I don't. I don't anyway, mind The Dark World. 
don't, treat me. I, of course I, you don't, I, Mark. Of course I, you don't. No, no, I, just I, the right amount of nostalgia. I, I have I have got time for Hemsworth, but what he's being asked for here is 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 bad because Michael Mann he springs cliched stereotypical characters on on his lead actors in almost all his movies and it's up to the lead actor to turn that really really cliched mm. rope role into something memorable all of them you know like you think about robert de niro and al pacino and heat they're horrendously cliched characters it's just they're brought to life in a way by those two people that seems it seems like they're the pinnacle of the horrendously cliched character and i don't they, think it had occurred to me that they were horrendously cliched characters though while watching the movie because that was at the time that that no i because i think that was at a time when michael mann was like shaping those tropes or taking them and doing something a bit interesting with them rather than just regurgitating them it's Isn't like, he a copy of his own LA takedown? Yeah, he I mean, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, if you watch, no, but if that... you watch uh, James Khan and Thief, yeah, and then you watch Heat. I mean, they're just he. He it feels like to me he goes a lot for very cool, but a little bit cliched characters, which is it's elevated genre. That's you know, all it is. Yeah, yeah, okay. It's I'll fine. That. I don't sure. mind that, and all of the actors who've been in this film, including people like Tom Cruise. Have taken these roles of the, you know, the cool, tough, anti-hero hitman, and made it something a little bit more interesting because they're good actors. Now, Hemsworth just wasn't that experienced, and they've given him a similar role, and I think he's he's a little bit dull in it. And he tries; he's got all the same dialogue, and you know, it's like you get him to say stuff like, uh, "You don't." Uh, you don't uh, let the time do you, you do the time or whatever, you know, something really terribly cliched. And you get him to say it versus you get, I don't know, James Khan to say it or, or you to say it as we've been. It just, it's just, it just doesn't sound right coming out of him. It sounds like he's reading a Michael Mann line. Um, Is it anyway. as good as Ian Softley's Hackers? That's all I want to know. It's a perfectly watchable film with some engaging Michael Mann gunfights. Uh, some interesting ideas to it around hacking and the threat of hacking and uh and then johnny lee miller leans out of the window and shouts hack the planet that's the best <laughs> bit of the movie doesn't have that uh, in it unfortunately that's probably the director's cut the man matthew lillard and, he, and he's four plats but it's forward. you know you know it's a it's a serviceable movie i think i i think i landed on a seven for it i'm sure some people would just forgive it and give it higher but it's just there's nothing wrong with a seven it's just a seven from michael mann is like what are you playing at so so that's where it's a little bit disappointing all of the pieces are there i just don't think he's quite put it together there's one really really good shootout it doesn't really involve hemsworth but the shootout occurs and it has proper impact to it about three quarters of the way into the film. And you think, why couldn't you have done like the whole film with that, that kind of threat and sense to it? Like, it just doesn't seem to have as good a handle on it. Arrow do have a good handle on their native 4K Dolby Vision enhanced restoration. It's a, it's a lovely disc. Um, it's 
it looks better than ever before and that's not hard because it always it came out i think on blu-ray the same year that it, the film was released because it was more able then um and it was a little bit one of those sickly yellowy greeny tinged kind of releases it's none of that this time around it looks a lot more natural and vibrant uh not like popping crazy but uh enough to to give it a new lease of life um, not too dark then <laughs> not at all uh it's his first like fully digital film i think as well which you know it looks good and it hasn't come from that era he tinkered with it during an era where probably going digital wasn't the greatest idea but i think it looks great the audio i mean man was going through this really weird phase i think where he just you know did a nolan and he decided people didn't need to hear audio but it's strange because the audio and it's, I, I compared this to the old blu-ray there's loads of adr in the movie and I don't really notice ADR. I mean, that's the point of ADR. If it's done right, you don't notice it. But I mean, almost all the movies we watch watch must have loads of it. Mm -hmm. But here you'll get like Hemsworth talking and his dialogue will like shift in volume levels midway through saying two or three lines because of the ADR they've done. And it sounds horrendous. I can't understand why he let that through. So no, it's not no, that's really... exactly how real life hackers talk, Kaz. Mm. Mm. he hacked the audio as he was speaking <laughs> that he, good. maybe he did maybe he did but <laughs> it's disappointing if you if you if you tinker with it you end up with really really loud gunshots and quite an overbearing score and kind of variable audio which doesn't it didn't work for me and it's the same as before there's a, a bunch of extra features it's a nice box set arrow they love to port their stuff over to the 4K disc, and I love them for it. Mm -hmm. I'm, I am very, very happy that they seem to be the major players on the market who are more than prepared to sling it all on one disc. Um, so it is a lovely release, and, uh, you know, I'm not, I would, I like Michael Mann enough, I would happily recommend picking it up. I mean, I, I would pick up all the films in it. I'm just a bit miffed that they couldn't pick, like, five other films mm -hmm. that I would jump on before this um so so there's black hat and i can only hope that with black hat and miami vice coming this year we get some of his older classics soon enough um what could be a modern future classic but never will be is gerard butler's plane now it's called plane and it stars gerard butler and i would like to say that everybody should have known exactly how this was going to pan out but it, it isn't angel has fallen and it, it's surprisingly good it's like someone took everything you'd want from a gerard butler film and then want let's make it a little bit like sully a little bit like um captain phillips you know let's let's give it a little bit of heart and a little bit of genuine threat and let's make him more of a normal captain who only occasionally breaks people's heads um, and it strangely kind of works. It's, yeah. it's all kinds of levels of preposterous. Um, some of the stuff that I don't know how they take seriously themselves, but they do. And so you kind of do. And you kind of gloss over it when ridiculous stuff happens. Um, and there's some ridiculous stuff in this movie. Uh, but I was I was on board with Butler. Butler and his plane full of people who are terrorized for no apparent reason when they when they land 
land somewhere <laughs> they they shouldn't, and then after you know there's a, a rescue, there's running away, there's lots of threats, and there's a particularly spectacular ending which I can't spoil, but is so over the top. It, you'll either be you know grinning and going, I can't believe I enjoyed that, or you'll be hating on the movie. But um, yeah, I enjoyed it. It's a, it's a straight up and down seven as well, but it, it's 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 yeah. strange because Butler. It's almost like you expect worse from him in this in this period of his career. You expect him to do a full Neeson, and you expect everything to be sort of just above straight to video. Um, but he keeps kind of doing something slightly different, and it keeps kind of working. I had a lot of time for Greenland. It shouldn't have been anything. And it was like a low budget disaster flick. I had a lot of time for Butler in Greenland, and uh, he did Cop Shop, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. And he was cracking in that as well. So he seems to be. And I like Den of Thieves. It's not heat, but it doesn't have to be. Um, so I've got some time for this weird period that Butler's going through. I just think maybe he shouldn't call the next one train. I think. <laughs> think maybe we can see where that yeah, you got. could have a trilogy with all no, well, yeah, haven't, haven't just, they already they announced have, the sequel yeah, they have which is called the boat yeah i wouldn't but know it do, but it doesn't include it doesn't involve butler it's uh, about mike coulter's character that's an epic fail and i'm getting the feeling the has fallen series is going to go down the right same route and i just don't think it needs it because 90 percent of what makes this work is really butler mm-hmm. and it's a testament to him that he's actually trying to act in this and that he pulls it off you know he's actually kind of good and uh is he hemsworth good liked him he's 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 good in this he's good in it yeah yeah i've seen it it's it's a good film there's there's two really really good um scenes in it the first is the um uh the uh one take fight in the uh the hut with the radio yeah yeah the phone that is yeah. absolutely awesome and the uh, the other one is when they they bring out the 50 cow and they're yeah. blowing holes through the engines <laughs> oh, it's awesome that is very satisfying uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah it's a very satisfying thing which brings me to the disc it's a it's a, a na- native 4k disc dolby vision from uh, lionsgate very nice picture looks lovely i mean it's a, a modern release so i think it's digital it's it looks it looks great um, but the audio is off the charts good. It's a Atmos track, and it's one of the best tracks I've heard this year. It's very, it's it's demo in them some, and and when they start cracking out the heavy ordinance, it's a very satisfying, very satisfying track. Uh, there are a few extra features, but you know I didn't really expect this to come to 4K at all. So it's nice that they've done it, done a good job on 4K, and and I think people. Nice. Who, who like Butler will be pleasantly surprised by this. Um, yes, which gives us like two minutes to talk about Superman, and then we can completely skip Picard until <laughs> next next time. It's great. <laughs> Superman. Well, Picard is. Um, yeah, we still got another episode of that. So. Yeah, I think we'll save it. I feel like we'll. So, save so it. I, I teased you guys earlier before before we um, uh, turn the the potty on. Um, I've got two. Um, Deliveries from Amazon, um, both are for me. Obviously, one is the Superman's and one isn't. So uh, let's let's hire. Oh, open no, uh... and find out, shall we? Oh, sorry, uh, I thought it was like a. We need some eh? cheesy uh, uh, game show music going. Oh on. my god, it literally is an unboxing. 
It is an unboxing, yes. Oh, again, apologies for people who aren't watching us live or uh, later on on YouTube. Um, if you're just listening to the audio, I've just opened up an Amazon box. Um, and uh, it is, oh, look at this. Look at that. Department S. That's almost <laughs> Superman, isn't it? Did, did, you get, did you get my dad's package by mistake, <laughs> sir? <laughs> Which means by process of elimination. Can you hear the rip? <gasps> Three discs. Here we go. Here we go. Let's get them in order. Superman one and two. Superman no, no two and two. two. The Superman two and two. Yeah. yeah. Superman two and two. Um, jolly good. Might get that one watched tonight. I doubt it. Superman three. It's going downhill fast. And oh, Superman four. They hit rock bottom. I mean, they should have made the four a, a number four. It just just feels like a and, missed opportunity. And though. those Superman Ivy are toss. I mean, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Should, should have got the Steelies. Say those Steelies are wealthy. There you go. Uh, yeah, they yeah. are. Um, I'm not. I don't think I'll bother opening them all up to to go inside. But uh, I can't believe so. They, this, the, these will be, will be coming soon. They were released again today, so I've only just got them. Um, but I will. I'll knock them out and hopefully get them all done by the end of the week. Um, Excellent. Nice. Nice. May, maybe not that one. <laughs> No, we that's want the... that first. Yeah, that, you've got to you've got to do that one first. <laughs> They'll yeah, be we... in order. We want It'll it real praise, and then, and then if you're lucky, you might get Department S as well. <laughs> <laughs> no thanks. I mean, no thanks. It's awesome. <laughs> I, I haven't oh. seen the fir- I haven't seen the first Department A to A to R. So you know, I'll be all at sea. Yeah, <laughs> oh. oh, all at sea. That's what you did there. That's good. I enjoyed that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Upcoming on 4K. Um, oh, uh, on. hang on. Right. Okay. Yeah. Do, you want, do you want me to rattle through this really quickly? No, just talk about just... Bruce Lee. Bruce okay, Lee. Okay, Bruce Lee. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Arrow's Golden Harvest Bruce Lee set uh, was announced on Friday. It's going to be a, a rather special. Longer cut of Big Boss. New longer fight sequence from Game of Death. Uh, yeah, it's it's going to be the shizzle. Uh, Although I'm as... disappointed it includes Enter the Dragon, but only in on Blu-ray. I know that's a bit silly, isn't it? They put Enter the Dragon on the actual box art. Like they write Enter the Dragon. Yeah. I mean, you'd be fooled for thinking it's got Enter the Dragon in Mm. 4K on there. Yeah, but you know what? They've been clever because obviously they don't have the rights to it, do they? Because Warner Brothers are bringing out their own 4K. So what they're at least doing is letting us buy the Warner Brothers one and at least stick it in the box set. So you've got a full (laughs) Bruce Lee box. So I think think Arrow are canny there. Well done. Uh, but it's also so, got the Bruce Lee um, biopics on there. Well, not biopics, documentaries on there, which it has, are yeah. so yeah. interesting. And Game of Death 2, which is not so that's interesting. In, yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> interesting for another reason. <laughs> so so that, that's bumper, but it doesn't stop there. Uh, sticking with the boutiques, uh, Criterion have, uh, well, in the States, they've announced uh, a five-film 4K collection of Randolph Scott Westerns. Hmm. Uh, mm. However, mm. the big release that Criterion have announced is Scorsese's After Hours in I mean, is it 4K. Big? Is it big though? Really? Yes. Is it's it a great film? Is uh, I mean, yes. Okay, I'm not saying it's not, but like Last Temptation of Christ. Yeah, it's not. It's not Black Hat. Like why? <laughs> but it's not far off. It's like, not far off, Miss. You can you you can choose a better Scorsese yeah. movie to release. It's like know? it's like Ali. Rather than Black Hat, 
you know, yeah. It's it's like it's like I'm happy with that this is getting a 4K release, but still, why? Yeah, well, don't <laughs> well, Criterion had they had Raging Bull, didn't they? So they've already put Raging Bull out on 4K. Mm. I want Bringing Out the Dead. That's what I'm waiting yeah, for. Yeah, but Criterion don't have it. I don't care. I want it. They got Last <laughs> Temptation of Christ. They've got <laughs> Last Temptation of Christ. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Moving That's all away, you can say to that. <laughs> moving away, we've got some uh, very uh, Paramount still apparently are doing the God's work and releasing some good and some potentially baffling catalog releases. We've got Tom Cruise's The Firm and Vanilla Sky. Mm. One of those is good. One of them mm. isn't. Oh, uh, I like him. I like them both. Both of them are kind of like, mm, yeah. Nah, okay. I, like, I like them both. Uh, i got time for Cruise. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Ronin, we knew, was coming out. One False Move, also Criterion, is an interesting one because it appears that not many people have ever heard of that. But no, I think it's cracking. You with Bill Paxton's yeah. first yeah. lead, so it's all good. Yeah. Uh, uh, and apparently, uh, Kaz has put here that Master and Commander is coming to. Oh no, for those that wanted Master and Commander <laughs> on 4K, Studio Canal are letting us have Cutthroat Island instead. Well, thank you very much, Studio Canal. Cutthroat Island's like the proto Pirates of the Caribbean, like it was pirates before they were cool, man. <laughs> Yeah, like that. Now you're talking that of all the Rennie Harlan films, of all yeah. the Rennie Harlan films, that's the one they give us. Yeah, I man. Mean, come on, Nightmare on Elm Street Four. Come on. I remember when it came out at the cinema, and I didn't watch it. <laughs> yes. Uh, however, I've also snuck in uh, after after me sitting through 88 films is Italian trash to piece Ark of the Sun God. Yesterday Why did you on do it? 4K. Why do you? Uh, they are continuing. Uh, pace with their Italian releases and we are getting more of their Italian collection releases coming the end of May we've got Burial Ground nice mm -hmm. and on 26th of June the immeasurable the immortal Zombie Holocaust oh, yeah. yeah but that's not cool isn't Zombie Holocaust one of the ones that's got like uh, animal cruelty like woven into it uh, that's not cool it's, it's not cool that's why I call it a trash to piece no it's not a trash to it's just trash it's not cool um, uh, well then, oh, let's, we, we, we could have Holocaust, the cannibal Holocaust conversation. Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah, it's oh not so, no, it's no like oh, throughout all them. All throughout them. cannibal ferox. Yeah, throughout any any of the Italian like the Italians are not fans of cannibal anything more than them. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's by no means just cannibal Holocaust. <laughs> no, but cannibal Holocaust is is probably the only one that's that's good. <laughs> yeah, is where we were going with that. A good slash worthy of note. <laughs> we will take that. Yeah, okay. And on that note, I'm yes. going to say that we have no time for any TV, so we're not going to talk about how Picard is bad. Oh, Picard's how, amazing. How Mark Picard's, and Picard's uh, gone Mark, downhill. Mark and Tom, they crashed that Enterprise. It should have stayed there. <laughs> Uh, struggling with yeah, what's Which what we say, Sai. Oh my god, we had we had like no time to talk TV, and we managed to still spoil it. Um, so so don't yes. watch it; it's bad. Just don't don't worry about spoilers because it's bad. So don't watch it. So it's there's that, that. and there's bad. Mando, which we're also no. not going to talk about. Now Mando's no bad, That's very bad. up and down. I'm enjoying it, and. Uh, I also enjoyed the night agent, which I've heard is like one out of ten, but I enjoyed it. Sorry. Um, oh no, it's it's another Luther. It's just it's it's not it's not it's it's not as good as 
Anyway, we can have this proper discussion next week after we've all seen the end of Picard, the season finale. Oh, God. Yes, we can. And it's the end of Mando, isn't it, next mm-hmm. week? Yeah, yeah. both of them. Next yes, week, yes. finishing this week. Something. Awesome. See how, uh, how badly about... they can trash both of these. <laughs> yes. We I reckon it's about... going to be a crossover episode. Yeah, yes. We can talk about all of them. And uh... I want to see Picard cry over Grogu. That's what I want to see. <laughs> I'm going to recommend Shrinking as my recommendation. Of If everyone goes out and watches a couple of episodes of Shrinking, I'm going to say that it's possibly the best Harrison Ford I've seen in his entire career. I think he's absolutely cracking in it. I think it's got a lot of heart. It's very funny. The best Harrison Ford you've ever seen? Yeah, I don't mean the most iconic. What? Get the hell off my plane, Cam. <laughs> I, I think he is he is absolutely tremendous in it. Unbelievable. Is I really, quit. Really <laughs> Which and on that bombshell. Your body. He is, he Honestly. Is great in this. Uh, okay. Whereas in everything he's ever done, all the indie everything, I love him. He's iconic. But I, I wouldn't say that, you know, someone hand him a damn Oscar because he's really pulling up, off a tremendous performance here. I wouldn't. Witness? No, I wouldn't give him a freaking Oscar for Witness. 1923? I think think he's tremendous in this. I think he's leagues better than um, in 1923. And I think they... Anyway, my pick... Tremendous job with it. Department S. (laughs) 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 What have you guys got against Department S? It'll be a show. Four four by three aspect ratio, black and white mono. No, it's not black and white. I have you know it's colour. Fully restored by Network On Air. It has been out a few years, mind, but it's damn fine TV. Coming soon. Tom's weighing up the Pope's Exorcist and the and the Musketeers. I don't. Tomorrow. I don't think I'm going to see the Pope's. I can't really be bothered with the Pope's Exorcist, but I will see the Musketeers tomorrow. No, I know. I was weighing up. You were weighing up, which you, but you just spoiled it. I oh, was going to leave it in the balance. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, you're going to pick yes. one to watch. Nah, leave them one to, I'm not, leave no. a cliffhanger. No, don't expect the Pope's exorcist. I'm not going to see him. Okay. Yeah. So Tom's deciding which to watch between the Pope's exorcist and the musketeer. It's going to be the three musketeers. Uh, Dog um, Canyon. Simon's doing Coraline. You're doing Coraline? Coraline, yeah. 4K. Coraline on 4K. And... Some Superman. And some brand, Superman. brand new release Coraline. And some fear, a few months old. Get out of it. fear and loathing in, in Las Vegas. Superman. Um, oh, yes, yes. I've got that to do as well. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've no idea what Mark's doing because he was going to do Ark of the Sun God, but no. I think he threw up. I'm doing um, Evil Dead Rise. True. There's Come that. on. Mark's There's weighing that. up what he's going to do, but it'll be Evil Dead Rise. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, I'm going to go and see if uh, Apple have ruined their streak with Ghosted, which I've watched yes. the trailer for. The trailer looks god-awful. It looks so bad. So I'm hoping Terrible. the trailer is so bad that it's actually watchable. No. Um, and I'm really worried about uh, the Russo brothers, whether they'll ruin their streak with Amazon's new show, Cisadel, by casting Richard Madden and Priyanka Chopra in the leads. I mean... My God, what are you doing, Russo brothers? Richard Madden's okay, but I think the Russo no. brothers are already on like a, like they for a couple of years they've been on like a. What are you doing? Why are you doing this? Richard Madden needs a good supporting cast to. I thought you were going to say agent. To make him to make him, like do something watchable. I can't imagine him and Priyanka Chop. Anyway, let's see. Let's <laughs> see, shall we? I'm waiting for a Jonas Brothers cameo. Oh my, my! 
Anyway, you know it's coming. Um, right. Do let us know if there's anything we've not covered that you, you think we should check out. And that's it for the AV Forums podcast this week. My thanks to the movie team, Mark Stello. Night all. Simon Crust. Department S, you know it's good. <laughs> Tom Davis. Enterprise D. <laughs> if you enjoyed this podcast please give us a like and subscribe to the channel plus hit the notification bell so you don't miss out when we publish our live streams product reviews and more you can follow us on twitter and facebook and bookmark avforums.com for the latest reviews news and videos plus why not leave us a five-star rating on whichever service you use if they allow but only if you enjoyed the show i'm Cass harlow thank you for watching and listening and join us for another podcast next week question mark Ronde burgundy <laughs> Two weeks.